Hold up. Welcome back to the Sci-Fi Generation Podcast. My name is Daryl. And my name is Marco. Yes. Yeah, let's just get right into it. Like, there's no real... We're like, yeah, what should we talk about first? There's kind of nothing so we're else trying, to talk so, about. So I think one of the reasons... One of the things that you all should know is that the show format has changed for this particular episode because if you have followed us or listened to our previous shows, Daryl just took a sip of his rum and this is hilarious. But anyway, so anyway, um, yeah, so the format of our show has changed. Yes. Um, Usually we save the hard science to the end and we kind of like hang out with pop culture and have like a lot more banter in the beginning. But for this show, we're moving the science section first because we feel like there's so much that needs to be discussed and um, we just don't, we just flipped it a little bit. So we'll be doing it. It's a big week. So we're going to jump right into it. Yes. So first thing we're going to do is we're going to review what the coronavirus actually is. Yes, let's because define terms. people have been hearing it, coronavirus, COVID-19, what is the difference? I'm confused. I don't understand what the hell is going on. Right. I know that I have heard that in particular um, from a lot of younger people that I've worked with, but I'm sure a lot of people are not really clear on what the difference is. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and start with the coronavirus, and I'll talk about COVID-19. Cool. So let's, get, let's start again. We're going to define terms. And according to the World Health Organization, Coronaviruses are a large family of viruses that may cause illness in animals or humans. In humans, several coronaviruses are known to cause respiratory infections, ranging from the common cold to more severe diseases such as Middle East Respiratory Syndrome or MERS or Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome or SARS. The most recently discovered coronavirus is COVID-19. Right. So what is COVID-19? So, uh, you know, to recap and touch on what you said just a minute ago, Mm -hmm. coronavirus is a family of viruses and it is not new. Right. It is not a new thing. It's been in existence for a very long time. I happen to be looking at a Lysol uh, container right now in front of us because we had to. Yeah, that kills a bunch of stuff. And I believe coronavirus might be listed on here. So. But anyway, um, it is something that has existed for a really, really long time, and um, it is not new. What is new is COVID-19, a strain, per se, of the coronavirus, Right. okay? So the COVID-19 is an infectious disease caused by the most recently discovered coronavirus, Okay, so this new virus and disease, it was it was unknown. They didn't know that it existed before the outbreak began in China in December of 2019. Right. So as of our last recording, which was approximately a month ago. Yeah. Okay, guys, if you want to, you can go back and you can watch that, listen to it. But um, the information that we shared during that show was that um, the Chinese authorities had reported 304 deaths. 14, approximately 14,000 confirmed cases. There there were approximately 14,000 confirmed cases worldwide. um, And there were eight in the United States that were identified. Right. Who, the World Health Organization, has declared the virus a public health emergency. 
and international concern. That was when we recorded last. That was in February. Lastly, the the last thing that we um, reported on when we recorded was that only 24 countries had reported cases. Now, this was approximately a month ago. Right. This is why I'm drinking now. Because as of today, Pi Day, 3.14. Right. Okay, we're reporting on Pi Day. Yes. And uh, you're going to go ahead and read. Which should be its own thing. Like, we should be talking about Pi for five We should be talking about Pi like we did last year. Right, but no. Yeah. As of today, there are approximately 132,758 confirmed cases as of, what, like 3 p.m. on the 14th? And I have to say that because by tonight, we might be higher. There are approximately 4,955 confirmed deaths. The United States is currently in a state of emergency. Now, that's worldwide. That's not in our country. Those numbers are worldwide. I didn't put that in the notes. Yeah, I didn't put that in the notes. I just wanted to make that clear. To be clear, right. 405,000 people haven't just died in the United States. Right, right, right. Uh, The worst case scenario, as we understand now, this is worst case uh, is that 1.7 million people could ultimately die of this. Right. Now, that's worst case scenario. Now, here's the deal. We don't like being alarmist on our show. One of the reasons why we share science and science information is because we think it's, we are geeked out and we think it's fun. We think it's something that you might want to know. Um, it, we know we find out these facts and we share it. Right. So we are by no means alarmist. Nor, nor are we doctors. Nor are we doctors or right. scientists. We are just a husband and wife who just literally like science and science fiction. Right, we're we're science literate people. (laughs) Right, we're science literate. But we will tell you that all the information that we've collected for you has been, uh, have been collected from either the World Health Organization, the CDC, or or Gallifrey. Or Gallifrey. So we're not giving you information, you know, like out of our asses here. These are doctors of various... I've had conversations with a couple of doctors who mm-hmm. right now are super busy and couldn't be guests on the show, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um, so we're not telling you information that we're just, you know, shooting on our asses. And I will also tell you that the information that we give you today might change and be different tomorrow or right. next week. Right. Because the thing about COVID-19 and the thing about coronavirus is that it is, well, the thing about COVID-19 is that it's new and that it's changing and information that the scientists are collecting every day is is changing. Right. So they can only update us based on what they know and based on what they are also learning. Right. And, and, and by the way, that's the foundation of science. Really. Exactly. It's sort of like, you know, I've heard a few people over the past year or so talk about believing in science. It's like it's not a belief. It's a system of study. Exactly. And this is part of the system of study. Sometimes it's, it's really kind of, uh, it, it drives anxiety because like we're learning as you kind of need to know things. Um, but it's that discovery process that's, that's uh, ultimately important and why science is so important to our society. Now, here's what we know as we are discovering through the science now. If you have had the COVID-19, you can get a coronavirus again. That's important to know because it means that if you've been exposed before to another one, it doesn't make you immune to this one and vice versa. It also cannot be transmitted via blood supply. So if you had surgery planned or something like that and you were going to need a blood transfusion, you can keep that appointment. You can go. Um, How long you are contagious 
Um, there have been a lot of different versions of this story, but as we know it now, approximately 10 days, but a person can still be a carrier after that, right? Um, I love the story about the dogs and the World Health Organization, <laughs> but we found out today that a dog in Hong Kong did in fact contract COVID-19, but to date there are no other confirmed cases, and the dog is not sick, the dog is quarantined. Social distancing has been suggested um, as a way to, as it's called, flatten the curve. Mm -hmm. um, so to give the shortest version, is, uh, you guys have heard this a million times, so I'll just kind of give the short version of it. Um, this could explode and, you know, and, and get really bad. And so if through social distancing, they're hoping to flatten that curve and, and extend the time range, but lessen the severity. Right. Now, part of social distancing, what does that mean? Does that mean that everyone stays in their pod and they stay alone? No, but it does mean you're kind of uh, isolated. You're, um, you'll notice that all of major sports leagues have canceled their events. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for that. Um, and that's really to flatten that curve. Yeah. Also, social, social distancing means, um, you know, the, the things that we do, mm -hmm. especially on weekends, especially the things that we do to kind of get out of the house, mm -hmm. you know, and spend time with our neighbors and things like that. Um, things we look forward to, yes. you know, uh, concerts. Like I bought like concert tickets for the summer, you know, like these types of things will be canceled. Yes. And so the other part of social distancing is if you uh, don't have to visit, certain friends don't. Yeah. But particularly people, the most vulnerable of us would be people with immune um, what do they say? Compromised immune Compromised systems. Compromised immune systems, respiratory, right. previous respiratory, previous respiratory issues. issues. What does that mean? People with asthma, people with HIV, people battling cancer right now, and of course, people who are older. So that also means that if you know somebody who has who has had respiratory issues throughout their life, someone who you know every time is asthma season, they they I mean allergy season, they their their asthma seems to flare up. Yeah, you know you might want to limit your 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 exposure to them because it's not them that you need to be careful of. It's you right. because what we found out today in today's press conference is that there are a lot of people who are carriers. Right. So yeah, so if you are 25, 35, 45, you could be a carrier to someone who is 65, 75, or 85. Right. So that's what they're trying to figure out. And I think that people um, who distance themselves from science don't understand that a lot of science is isolating and figuring things out and testing and retesting and retesting. Right. So the reason why they're asking people to self-quarantine is because they need to figure out, they need to isolate, and we need to work with the scientists so that they can map where the hot pockets are. The so that real they hot can, spots. The real hot spots. Yeah. So <laughs> that they can study the hot spots. And so that the hot spots don't grow. Yeah. And I think that that is what people um, uh, need to understand. I, and largely, I think people do understand it. I think people understand, most people yeah. have done the things that are necessary to keep this contained. And, I'm, and, and I am really proud 
of the people that have been not only just around me, but the conversations that I've had with people who are actually taking this seriously on a ground level. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I ran into the other day, I went out to the store and there were only three disinfectant wipes left. Yeah, three containers. Three containers. Mm -hmm. And so it was me and it was another woman and, you know, I looked at the, I was like, oh, I want all three of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But I turned around to the woman next to me and I said, do you need any of these? Because I'm not going to buy all of them if you need them. Right. And I think that's the type of compassion and empathy that we need for each other. Yeah. And she was like, no, I have plenty at home. And I was like, well, I'm going to take one. And I gave her, I just handed her one just Mm -hmm. in case. I said, you know, just just in case. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know what? She went ahead and took it. And then I took the other one because there was no one else around. And I was like, okay, well, I'll take the last one because ain't no point in leaving one. I guess Mm -hmm. there is a point in leaving one. But I took the extra one because Mm -hmm. I was thinking about family members that I can pass it on to. Mm -hmm. So it was not just about me. It was like, okay, if I get two, then I have enough to share. But I also made sure that the person who was next to me had what she needed. And I think that that type of compassion is really important and and empathy and and community is really important as we deal with this. That's true. And, and, And for as wonderful as that is, we do know that there are people whom if you give them the opportunity or ask them to look out for their neighbors, they will not. And so some corporations have made it mandatory that uh, many of their employees, where it's possible, will be working from home. Right. Um, This is a huge game changer and culture shift for a lot of the country, especially here in the United States. So I'm I'm of two minds of that. Mm -hmm. I, I... You don't want people working from home? No, 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 no. I absolutely want people to work from home. But again, my... and you know my mm-hmm. empathy kicks in right yeah, yeah. because i and you mm-hmm. fortunately can it's a very privileged place speak from a very privileged place of being able to work from home that's true right but i know so many people who don't have the ability to work from home and i know so many people who don't have a setup to work from home yeah and that just makes me like I don't know. Like, I'm, I worry about those people and how they're going to make ends meet when it comes to, like, child care. And what if their corporation or company decides, you know what, we're shutting down or, like, stores, slow, like, not stores, but, like, other places of business, like, slow down. Well, retail like, is am, an issue. That is, yeah, that is what truly gives me my anxiety. Like, mm-hmm. that is truly what, like, freaks me out. Because I am a contractor, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I... I worry about that sometimes too, like what happens with the con with the gig economy, with the mm-hmm. contractors, and so that is what gives me my anxiety, and that is why I'm drinking. <laughs> no, but seriously, but I do. I you know it's really nice for someone like you who has been part of the work from home culture for so many years, yeah. right? And I'm not saying I'm not trying to put you on the spot or anything. Cause mm-hmm. It's very no, easy. Yeah. But what about the rest of I won't say us because I also can work from home. But mm-hmm. what about the rest of the people that we know who can't well i think you this, know, is, I this worry is something about that, that. that ties into something that we um that we haven't discussed here on the show a lot but i think it's important that we realize that um that the world was changing before this um a good point and i think that it's a good point i'm still gonna have some more this is the last of it okay you have that drink um i think it's it's easy <laughs> when people are talking when we were talking about people for example 
uh, people who worked in the coal industry, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, these people are just going to have to modernize their jobs. You can't really depend on the coal industry to make money. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, but that also counts with people who work in call centers too. Like yeah. that industry is going through a culture shift too. Um, you know, the move to the future is not a smooth transition, right? Like, it's not like this, like, one day we decide we're going to have flying cars and the cars start flying. Like, no, you kind of have to look at the way that you make cars and then move little by little by little. And we're in the middle of that kind of shift. And in this shift, we went from WeWork, which was a bunch of locations around the world where everybody got together in huge open floor plans and worked together and had startups and then companies started buying, renting space inside the WeWorks. Yeah. We went from that to sending everybody home. If we did not do the 5G upgrades mm -hmm. and the internet upgrades around the country and still in rural areas, there are issues with that. And I'll talk yeah. about that in a second. Yeah. But if we didn't do that infrastructure change, there's no way that we'd be prepared for this. So that's why that, that that's another reason why it's just like, yeah, be happy about the fact that we're able to make little things. But this is what makes it so frustrating when people argue about every little technological change that you want to yeah. make. You have to prepare for what you don't know. Yeah, because, yeah, you're right. Because it's like, why do you need once, you know, like I worked in a call center once before. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I do understand like from a management and a structural point of view i get why new call center employees would need to work in the office you know for maybe a year you mm -hmm. know two years let's say mm -hmm. like you gotta do your time in the trenches right but then there are senior there were so many senior call center employees and when i say senior i don't mean by age right. i mean by years of expertise yeah. that they knew like they there's no reason why at least at this point 85 percent of the uh call center or support staff of that nature is not working from home and i think though that we're moving toward that a little bit like i do have some friends who uh, work from home in terms of call center employment. Yeah. I do have that. And I just think that this might just push us over the edge yeah. in a good way to like, why are we even renting space in this huge building if we, if like 60% of our force can work from home? Right. So, yeah. And, and, and with that being the thing, right? Like, we have to look at what are the, what's the electricity and internet connectivity issue with people's homes whether you live in an apartment complex or yeah. in a subdivision um are we ready for something like that right um, i think this is where we're going to find out i yeah. think we're really going to find out whether or not um this is the way to go and um, didn't you say mm -hmm. that didn't you and the notes you shared that comcast what's going on with comcast? yeah so comcast and at&t are doing something that i really had hoped was going to happen and um, so i was happy to see the announcement comcast and at&t have taken data caps off or doubled internet access to homes for the next 60 days at no additional charge. Now, in the case of Comcast, mm -hmm. right, like you can get their internet essentials package essentially free for the next 60 days. And then after that, the package is only $9.99 a month. Oh, okay. So it's like, it's but not But now like, that's for six months, right? And then after six months, after doesn't 60, it go up or 60, doesn't it go up to like the regular price or something? Now, will this price change over the next six months? Um, that's a story to keep your eye on. I yeah. think this is a situation where we're going to have to really look at uh, and follow these corporations to make sure that we're not getting like freebies now right. and then getting hit with it later. Right. 
So, yeah. So we touched on this a little earlier in the show, mm-hmm. and we do have a, a section um, for mental health care. But I think now's a great time to take a break yes, for our sponsor. Next Thursday, you will be caught in an extreme flash flood. Disasters don't plan ahead, but you can. Talk to your loved ones about making an emergency plan. Get started today at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve. By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Anyway. What are our top three... Uh, articles on sci-fi-generation.com, This is the section of the show where I will share them with you. Number three is entitled, How Does the Coronavirus Test Work? Five Questions Answered. So people want to know how the test works. Yes. Rochester Institute of Technology's molecular biologist and viral researcher Maureen Farron answers some basic questions about how these diagnostic tests work and if there are enough to go around. Those questions, as of March 13th, are who gets tested for the virus? What's it like to get tested? How does the test work? Does the US have enough tests? And does everybody really need to be tested? So that's the number three uh, most popular story on the site right now. How does the coronavirus test work? Number two, vaccines without needles. News shelf-stable film could revolutionize how medicines are distributed worldwide. Mm. Maria Croyle is professor of pharmaceutics. And I didn't know this was something that you right. could do. Right, professor of pharmaceutics. That's what's up. She is professor of pharmaceutics at the University of Texas at Austin. And her research group has developed a method to stabilize live viruses and other biological medicines in a quick-dissolving film. So, like those Listerine things that you take. Yeah. Um, so it can be taken by mouth and doesn't need to be kept cold. Mm-hmm. Right? Pretty interesting. Yeah. I think. We, we, will, we will watch that with great interest. And the number one most popular story on Sci-Fi Generation right now as we record is as follows. What's the difference between pandemic, epidemic, and outbreak? Okay. Super relevant, right? Okay. This is what the, you know, we're not throwing softballs, folks. This is the hard stuff. What's the difference? Rebecca S.B. Fisher is an epidemiologist and assistant professor of epidemiology at Texas A&M University. By the way, notice that all three of these stories in our top most, uh, uh, most popular stories were all written by women medical professionals. Of course they were. Just want to point that out to folks. Because women are going to save the world. We were not going to make it otherwise. Um, Her article illustrates the differences between these terms. Simply put, the difference between these three scenarios of disease spread is a matter of scales, right? So what I mean specifically, outbreaks are small but unusual. Epidemics are bigger and spread. Pandemics are international in scale and generally speaking, 
out of control. Mm -hmm. As the piece concludes, a formal declaration doesn't have to incite fear or cause you to stockpile surgical masks or toilet paper. It doesn't mean that the virus has become more infectious or more deadly, nor that your personal risk of getting the disease is much greater. But it does mean that this will be an historic event. So the number one most popular uh, article on sci-fi generation right now, what's the difference between pandemic, epidemic, and outbreak? Each of you listening knows two people who you need to forward that to so that they will stop referring to things as epidemics and stop referring to other things as outbreaks. And if you have any other questions uh, outside of the CDC and WHO mm -hmm. and the World Health Organization, you can always stop by sci-fi-generation.com. Not if you're going to keep coughing. Oh, well, then, and then that wasn't even be... like a real cough. It was like a tickle in my throat. It's like all coughs right now are under the extreme filters. Like, are you okay? Are you all right? I'm fine. Are you good? I'm are you fine. good? Although I'm not having any company. Okay. I don't want nobody coming. Yeah, well, that's important, I think, yeah. at this point. To kind of, like, we should be able to cough.